for the week of December 6th, 2020. This is Mojo Weekly. I am John. And we're going to go on a digital journey of pixel proportions. It's me, Josh. And with the little audio issues, potentially, uh, this is your news. Uh, so, Josh, you know, it's uh, post-Power Week. It's post-Black Friday and all that shit. Um, so... Uh, news is a little light this week, so uh, I'm going to read our first story. It doesn't necessarily have to do with gaming, but it is probably the biggest story of the week uh, as far as entertainment news goes. You cool with wow. that? Yeah, I'm totally cool with that, dude. All right, so Warner Brothers has revealed that every single movie on its 2021 schedule will, will be available on HBO Max at the same time as its theatrical release. So that's the same offer being made for Wonder Woman 1984, which comes out, what, on Christmas Day or something? Christmas uh, Day. Uh, but is expanded to a ton of major new releases. So specifically, here's what we're looking at. Uh, the Little Things with Denzel Washington, Judas and the Black Messiah, Tom and Jerry the movie, Godzilla vs. Kong, Mortal Kombat, Those Who Wish Me Dead, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, In the Heights, Space Jam, A New Legacy, The Suicide Squad, Reminiscence, Malignant, Dune, The Many Saints of Newark, which is the uh, Sopranos prequel, uh, King Richard, Cry Macho, and Matrix 4. Yeah. So, so there's, there's a small catch to this, and that is that all the movies will be available on HBO Max the same day they're in theaters. But they'll only be available on the streaming platform for one month going before going back to a traditional distribution system. So that means they'll only be in theaters after a month. But by that point, like, who gives a shit, right? Yeah. Um, Damn. So that's pretty big news, man. I'm crazy excited about that. Um, Wonder Woman on Christmas Day. That's the coolest Christmas gift Warner Brothers has ever given me. So now I'm really stoked for that. Um, I'm, I'm going to get HBO max like the week before Christmas. That's my plan. Um, not only that, but you're going to get all those movies. And on top of finally the justice league Schneider cut, which is probably the most important thing that HBO max is going to have for it. A six hour version of that one and a half hour Travis Shemakery from 2018 or 17 or whatever it was. But, um, but yeah, no, for real, uh, Dune, Wonder Woman, Suicide Squad, hell yeah. I am so excited for this. Yeah, me too. Um, and uh, so there are a couple things on this. Of course, naturally, the head of AMC came out like a day later and just, you know, cried like a bitch about it, like he always does when this stuff happens, yep. you know. Yep. Uh, Universal did something similar uh, early in the year, and AMC immediately, you know, was like, this is a bad idea. And it's like, well, yeah, of course, he's going to say that because – it's crushing uh, his already crushed uh, existence, basically. Yep. Um, so I, I, I get all that. Um, but the other thing is, is um, HBO Max is already an awesome service. Uh, I believe that it's probably the best streaming service out there right now. Um, nice. It, it's, it's a wonderful service. And it, it's $15, which... Which, you know, doesn't quite reach, you know, the low price of, uh, you know, Apple TV Plus or Disney Plus or any of that stuff. But the I think it's 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 content is so much better um, and, and it's, the value is so much higher. Um, hmm. And so it's already a great service. But from what I understand, HBO Max is not hitting the numbers that 
they are hoping for. Um, I think they have something like 13 million subscribers or something, which sounds like a ton, right? Um, but apparently is not uh, what what they're, it has, they haven't reached their goal. Um, and, I think the problem, yeah, and, and I don't want to elaborate too much on that, but the problem with that is like we had HBO Go and then there was HBO Now, and HBO yep. Now is what I, I used to have that because I, you know, I, at one point in time I liked Game of Thrones prior to the fucking miserable uh, season eight, but like you know, it was something that I needed to have. And then they're like, oh, now it's HBO Max, and it's like, so what? Wh which is which now, guys? Yeah. Like seriously, yeah. you got three different streaming services. You also have HBO on cable. Like so, what's what's the plan here? Like they need to have something that just like is is it an, an amalgam of everything together? Now it's HBO Max. That's the thing you need. Otherwise, on Amazon Prime, I can add HBO for $4.99 a month or something like that. Is that the same thing? Like, it's too confusing. It's like the fucking Xbox One Series X1 Sex, sex Sexbot 5000. It, all it does is serve you butter. I don't know what this thing does, but yeah. I know I need it. Do I need it? I don't know. 13 million people think they don't, so I don't know. Um, I would say, so I, I believe they've, if I remember correctly, so I don't follow this news super closely, but I believe they've already ditched HBO now. Like that's not a thing anymore, um, uh, and 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 HBO Go is for people who subscribe to it through cable. Um, so I get that that's a completely confusing, like clusterfuck of a branding situation. Um, I would say to anybody who's like, which HBO do I get? Fuck all that other stuff. Get HBO Max. It is the business. It, yeah. is, a, it is a really excellent service. They've got a ton of awesome stuff on there. They've got all the Studio Ghibli movies. They've got uh, tons of, if you're into classic movies, they've got an ass load of Tur Turner classic movies on there. They've got all, like, every every legacy HBO show and movie and documentary series all out there. Um, I watch it all the time, man. And I know this sounds like an advertisement for HBO Max. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but it's really fucking great. Like, I watch it all the time. Um, so it, it's it's my favorite of all my streaming services, you know, of which I have fucking far too many. Um, but anyway, yeah. so that that's some big news, man. And I I'm someone who does really enjoy going to the movie theater, but um, at the same time, behind me, I've got a fucking I've got a 75 inch TV over there. Uh, it's just fine, and and I like yeah. coming down here and dimming the lights and and just watching a movie. So I'm cool with that, you know? Yeah, no, I agree the the, the home theater setup is, is, is it did damage, you know, to the theater industry and this whole virus pandemic thing has really done another number on it. So I get the, the president of AMC being a whiny little bitch and stuff like that. But, um, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's a little weird how that, that whole thing, I don't know, man, like, but hey, you know, at least the, you know the, the theater industry has this one thing they can hang their hat on. For 2020, the number one comic book film adaptation of the entire year was Birds of Prey. You know, and that's a great, great movie. Yeah. So I mean, that's what they can say. Like, hey, you you didn't you didn't stream Birds of Prey when it came on theaters. You enjoyed it in theaters. Yeah. And you know, Birds of Prey also available for streaming on HBO Max. Uh, <laughs> Uh, next up, um, after making its debut at uh, last year's Game Awards, uh, Dragon Age 4 is set to make a return to the Game Awards uh, this year in 2020, which comes up this uh, this coming, what is it, Thursday, Tuesday? I don't even remember. I think it's Thursday. 
With the awards showcase set for next week, EA has teased that the un- untitled Dragon Age sequel will make some sort of appearance at the show, hosted and produced by Jeff Keighley. The announcement in honor of Dragon Age Day? What? I don't even know what the fuck that means, but uh, came in a press release. Is that like a national holiday where Trump's like, I hereby declare today Dragon Age Day? No. Anyway. You don't terrible, terrible, terrible Trump impersonation, but yeah, sure. Yeah. I, I don't, uh, I don't, um, you don't get a Dragon Age Day, guys. I'll give you Star Wars Day, you know, May the 4th, that makes sense. But uh, I, Mario, maybe March 10th, you know, they, they're trying to weasel that shit in there. But Dragon Age, not even that big of a franchise, guys. You don't get a day. Anyway, that's me rambling. In addition, uh, the release <clears throat> highlighted four new stories, the press release. Um, that was uh, put out today, or yes, yeah, it was today, uh, highlighted four new stories written by BioWare's narrative team, which have been created in part to help paint a picture for the future of Dragon Age and provide some insight to the upcoming reveals. So there are four stories out there. If you want to go find them, go fucking Google Dragon Age 4. You'll find them. I personally have only played one Dragon Age game ever, uh, and that was Dragon Age Inquisition, and I really loved that game. Uh, bugs and all it was a buggy fucking disaster but i plowed through it anyway because the world was so cool i really dug it well that's awesome uh the only dragon uh, i've never played a dragon age game but I, the only dragon that i play in my role-playing games is dragon warrior yeah so. <laughs> old school old school um i did love dragon age inquisition too because i got to sex up this hot chick and boobages and all that stuff i was like "Ooh, so hot <laughs> nice know, that, that's nice. what i'm all that's what i'm all about the weird buggy pixelated uh, uh video boobies game boobs yeah not now honey i'm watching a video game uh, <laughs> anyway uh penny arcade and read pop who are the organizers of the pax expo penny arcade expos across the globe have announced plans to return to in-person conventions pending improvement on the COVID-19 global pandemic. PAX East 2020, which took place in Boston from Boston from February 27th to March 1st, was among the final conventions to happen prior to, uh, you know, the COVID lockdown. So while numbers continue to spike in the United States, the organizers have announced tentative dates for three 2021 North American conventions beginning in June. So pending improvements on the situation, PAX East will occur on June 3rd through the 6th in Boston. Uh, Seattle, PAX West in Seattle will be September 3rd through the 6th. And then PAX Unplugged will be at the Philadelphia Convention Center from December 10th through the 12th. And as a big, uh, as a big fan of expos and conventions, I thought you might have something to say about this. Yeah, honestly, that's I, I, it's exciting. It's good news. Um, I really hope that we're able to get into some sort of normalcy as far as like uh, conventions and, and gatherings and events and stuff like that too. I, I love it. You know, I, I've never been to a PAX. Um, it does sound fun. I, I, I the, the biggest convention I've ever gone to is Gen Con, which is kind of a different flavor of convention where it's more the entire nerd gaming industry with like uh, role playing and LARPing and card games, but it does have its share of like video games and other types of games like that. Um, arcades and, and virtual reality and stuff like that. But um, yeah, man, uh, it's exciting. I, I don't want to say ambitious because I, I do want uh, a lot of my friends that are big convention goers say March and April is when a lot of uh, big conventions are eyeing up getting back to the normal 
world of in-person face-to-face conventions again so yeah <sighs> i hope so I, I really hope so um june man that would be perfect if you could just just a, a few of them start to kind of silk in and and everyone you know the world doesn't explode you know it's like hey this can happen this can happen and then everyone else will follow suit and i think it'll be awesome i, I hope i hope fingers yeah. crossed man right on uh, and then the final bit of news this week, not so much news, just a little kind of a neat tidbit that I found. Um, I think Lag may have posted this in the Discord chat. Uh, both the Xbox Series S and X have developer modes that uh, users can activate for 25 bucks. It's a one, one-time purchase of 25 bucks, which can let you run universal Windows protocol apps. That's an application... Yep designed to be able to run not just in windows but on xbox and windows 10 mobile as well so one of those applications is retroarch the uh, famous front end for various emulators Uh, and that means that with a minimum of fuss anyone with microsoft's new consoles can kick back and play perhaps a playstation 2 game or something from the gamecube library so uh, there's a there's a YouTube channel out there called Modern Vintage Gamer that you should all look up if you're interested in this. They've been putting this uh, emulation workaround to the test over the past week. And while there are catches, so in, in developer mode, the consoles can't use their full power, but you can always just switch right mm-hmm. out of development mode. Um, the size of some games on some platforms is limited. Uh, it's still pretty incredible that you can do this. So you can emulate anything like back from the NES and Super Nintendo and Genesis all the way up through, it sounds like, PS2. Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. Retro retro Arch on the Xbox. Uh, Apparently, Microsoft accidentally made an amazing (laughs) retro emulation machine. They're like, hey, uh, yeah, it's a pretty powerful way to play PS2 and GameCube games, guys. Whoops. Whoopsie-daisy. Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, I've been checking out different forums and stuff, and Resetera has a thread there, and people are snapping up Xbox Series S's simply to use as their emulation box, you know. Yep. Um, for 300 bucks, you know, it's a, apparently it's a pretty sweet little emulation box. So there you go. Yeah. Speaking of uh, sweet little uh, emulation boxes, what do you, do you, do any of our listeners, or do, do you know anything about the Mr.? I've heard a little bit about it. I don't know a ton about that stuff. I'm not the most technically savvy person on the planet, but I have heard a lot about it. I, I'm not either. And and that's the thing that, that makes me uh, nervous to tip my toes into it, to dip my toes into it. But I know a lot of people that are excited about it, a lot of people that are really, really talking about it. And it's a good way to like get the real, honest to God, like for real uh, retro arcade, you know, old school game um, experience on your in your home console and stuff outside of, you know, owning everything, which a lot of us do kind of own everything. But I'm like, I'm weighing the pros and cons. And maybe some of our listeners can like chime in too here and there. Um, the yeah. Mister is like this, this FPGA uh, way to inexpensive, you're going to spend three to $400 on getting a full setup on this thing. But it's it's this brilliant way to like get everything you would ever want as far as like retro gaming on one little box. Um, and they they look super similar to like a Raspberry Pi. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem the problem is, is I already have a Raspberry Pi. I don't use it all that often. But if I ever do get the itch to like play a retro game or an arcade game, especially on like a, a an HDMI style TV, um, I just grab my Raspberry Pi and I pop it in, and they look similar. I don't see enough that's different between the two, other than the fact that one is sixty dollars and one is three to four hundred dollars. Yeah. Um. It, it isn't. Um. 
one-to-one -one accurate from what the arcade games were, certainly. I mean, but that the, the thing is, is a lot of times I don't necessarily need that. I'm not like a, a massive, like, uh, you know, uh, the the sprite, spriteophile or whatever you want, an audiophile <laughs> or a duophile. Whoopsie-daisy. Um, I didn't mean to say that out loud. But like, uh, you know, <laughs> hashtag 14 days. Oh, the bastard. Um, but I don't know, like... Like, I love the idea of being able to rebuild a kit or, like, an arcade board um, and, and write it down for word for or uh, line for line, and then they build that into a core, and then they actually have the physical core on a chip that you can put inside of the thing. I just don't know if I understand it enough to, like, really be able to jump into it and say, like, yes, this is my way of spending $400. Fuck the PS5s and the Xbox One Series Xs and all that. I'm going to go with this little box here so I can play uh, Violent Storm, <laughs> the arcade <laughs> game. <laughs> Right, right. Um, I, I've, you know, I've got a couple of Raspberry Pis. Uh, my son and I, a few years ago, we built one into like an arcade, like a coffee table, almost. Yeah, uh, yeah. And and, uh, and it's a pretty sweet thing. And and but for me, uh, there are some issues with it, but there comes to a point where it's like good enough. You know, yeah. I'm not. I'm not a fanatic about this stuff. I'm not maniacal about this shit. I'm just like, you know, if I can putter around with this shit from time to time, good enough good enough and and at this very point in time we just lost like thousands of subscribers to mojo mess because they realized that we are no longer the hardcore one percent mm. of the arcade world we are just a casual a filthy casual that's what we are thousands you're adorable uh <laughs> so with that let's get on to our new releases All right, man. So here we go. New releases this week. Stop me when you're horny. Ready? All, All right. right. Uh, Call of the Sea for the Xbox family and PC. Destiny 2 and Destiny 2 Beyond Light for the next-gen consoles will be out this oh, week. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, I might check this out on the Series X because uh, it's free with Game Pass. I don't have to True. spend any goddamn money on it, and I can just play around with it. Uh, I'm not sure if it's cross-platform. It's not. It's not, yes. It's not. That's a bummer, so I won't be able to play with you, but because you're on PS4, right? I am. Correct. Uh, but I, I might download it just to mess around. Uh, Doom Eternal comes out on Switch of all consoles. How about that? Nice. Nice. Is Now, is that still just... Is there? Are they actually doing a physical version of that? Because I heard that it got switched to download only for some reason. Yeah, I'm. I think you're probably right about that. Um, <clears throat> I think they were worried about the physical version because a lot of times these bigger titles, um, they they aren't even they're too big to store on those little chips. So it literally you put the chip in and all it does is links you to the download and then it gets downloaded to your system and you really don't need the uh, the, the the taste the the, the god awful tasting switch chip yeah um so it's confirmed to be a digital only release uh and the file size clocks in at 17 and a half gigs so i hope your little uh micro sd card has a lot of space oh yeah yeah it does so um let's see what else we got oh this is a fun one puyo puyo tetris 2 uh pretty much for all consoles yeah, um, I loved Puyo Puyo Tetris on the Switch. I don't know that I'll yep. get, I don't know that I'll get part two because I'm like, do I really need another one of these? Um, 
but uh right. it sounds it sounds like there's there are going to be some like story-ish rpg-ish sorts of elements into this second one but i don't hmm. feel like i don't feel like i need to make another investment on it uh temtem coming out for the ps5 brigandine the legend of runercia for the ps4 and then here's probably the biggest release of the week cyberpunk 2077 for the ps4 xbox one stadia and pc are you jumping into that one not yet um so here's the deal with that is when you buy it and you have a next gen console you do get like a minor upgrade for it you know improved you know, whatever, this and that, load times, all the sorts of quality of life shit. But it sounds like the made specifically for next-gen updates don't come until uh, early next year at some point. So I'm going to wait until that point and then pick it up. I'm still debating on whether we're going to do it for PS4 or PC. Uh, I really would like to play it on PS4, but I I don't know. I... I I find that I'm getting into all these like good single player games. Um, East East Eight. I'm still not all the way through it yet. Um, yeah. Honestly, I've been playing. A, I've been playing a little bit of Genshin Impact lately. Uh oh. Um, nice. I I I was expecting uh, just a complete piece of junk little free game. Um, it's really good. Um, it reminds me of a little bit of that. Uh, oh, what is it? The uh, um, Horizon Zero Dawn and like Breath of the Wild a little bit. It's it's got a lot of that, and the game looks gorgeous. Um, yeah. I'm impressed for a free game. I, you cannot do any better than a free game that actually is fun. Um, yeah. So, but but we're building this brand new, awesome, super hardcore PC for Christmas. You know, hush hush, kids don't know that yet. But we're gonna have be on unveiling that on Christmas Day. But so I'm thinking maybe we should get in on that. I don't know. I'm still yeah. debating. It's gonna be a game we're getting though. But I don't I don't know on what yet. Uh, next up, Haven for next gen consoles as well as Xbox One and PC. Orwell's Animal Farm. So that's fucking interesting. A little bit of literature there for you on PC. You can put that on your fancy new PC. Yeah. Uh, Sword of the Necromancer, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. And then finally, here's a good name Wood Salt on the uh, Switch and PC. <laughs> Wood Salt. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna well, to look that up quick. Let's take a look. Yeah, I want to hear is. some more. So is that going to be like uh, a game where you are uh, at the dinner table and, um, you know, the, the kids are start, starting to be a little reckless and then the husband looks over at the wife and says, hey, woman, <laughs> hand me that wood salt. And the then the kids salt. are like, whoa. Uh, whoa. Woods, wood salt sorry, is, sorry, father. Wood salt is an adventure game set on the planet of New Terra a thousand years after Earth was evacuated during... Chaotic natural disasters and an attack by giant creatures. So yeah, well, I, yeah, I was, I was, I was way off. <laughs> Damn. The uh, the characters look kind of like you know me's from, uh, you know they got big heads and everything and very cartoony. Oh, God. oh boy, uh, it's supposed to be a creepy game here, but I don't know. Anyway, well, salt, check it out. Nothing gets more creepy than the Miiverse on the original Wii. Now that's terrifying. The Mii Parade still gives me fucking nightmares. Nightmares. Nightmare fuel. All right, so it is time for the game Spotlight. Josh, I'm going to talk about a recent game. Uh, this one is a game that we've 
we've been talking about for probably six months now. Um, Spider-Man Miles Morales. Nice. This is a game that is on PS4 and PS5. It was one of the launch titles on PS5, and that's where I played it. And it is a it is a spinoff of uh, Marvel's Spider-Man, which was a PS4 game that came out a couple of years ago. Uh, so Miles Morales uh, is kind of the alt Peter Peter Parker, right? Um, he's a dude. He lives in Harlem. Uh, he's uh, he he coexists with Peter Parker. You know, they're 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 buddies. Uh, Peter Parker's like his mentor, kind of. And uh, and uh, one day, Peter says, hey, I'm going to Europe for a couple of weeks. The city's all yours, buddy. Take care of it. And uh, Miles is like, oh, shit. All right. I got this. And wouldn't you know it, shit goes down. It's kind of the kind of the premise of this movie or of this game. Um, if you played the first Spider-Man game, the, the Marvel's Spider-Man on uh, PS4, you'll know you'll 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 be very familiar in this. It feels like almost the same game. Um, you'll also be familiar with certain plot points because Miles Morales uh, appeared in that game, in the first game, and uh, his father uh, uh, died in that game. Spoiler! And uh, so what we're kind of dealing with is is that situation a couple of years later. His mom is running for city council, Miles' mom, um, and he's got a friend named Genki who's kind of like his tech dude, and, you know, he's his eyes and ears in the city. And uh, and then he's got a friend named uh, Finn, P-H-I-N, and she's like an old high school friend of his, and they used to do science experiments and shit together. But uh, so where this game shines is exactly where the original game's shown, and that is the the zipping around the city, flying around, spinning around, shooting webs, all that shit. Um, that's where the game feels best. The city's huge. It, it's the world's not quite as big as uh, the original Spider-Man game, but it's plenty big and uh, mm-hmm. plenty detailed, like tons of fucking detail in this game. Uh, it feels like a living, breathing city. It's really, really impressive. You can, you know, you can go up to the highest building and look down and see details everywhere. You know, you're not, especially on PS5. I don't know. I can't speak to the PS4, but you're not going to see pop in. You're not going to see, you know, as you're, as you're swinging around the city, you're not going to see trees just magically appear out of nowhere and grass and details kind of appear. That doesn't happen. <laughs> like it's all, it's all like fucking there. It's all loaded up on PS5. The, the load times are, almost nothing you know it's, it, again it's like playing an old fucking cartridge game it's just everything boom loads up immediately it's crazy how seamless That's the awesome. world is so the game really shines in that way the the story's fun you know the story's your typical shallow kind of comic book story you can see you know you can see the, you can see the <laughs> plot plot coming a mile away you know who the bad guy's going to be you know this that this twist and turn is coming whatever yep. we we don't read comic books and watch uh comic book movies for their deep and you know uh intellectual plot lines do we no we do it to eat some popcorn have a good time and say whoa look at those fucking explosions and that's right. kind of that's kind of what this game does now where this game flops hard is um, kind of in its pacing and the fact that, uh, and this is something that you suspected a long time ago, that this is a short game, man. It's it's a short spinoff game. It reminds me of that Uncharted uh, spinoff that starred uh, Zoe and, uh, and I forget the other person's name, but uh, Unch- the Uncharted one that didn't star Nathan Drake. It reminds me of that, where it's a shorter spinoff game 
but also like that game i like the characters better you know like i like the characters in in the uncharted spinoff almost better than i like nathan drake and all that shit you know and in this game i like miles more than i like peter parker he just seems like a cool dude i want to hang out with him you know he's a fucking good-natured kid um but so it, it flops in kind of the way where it's like it feels like part of a game you know it's got it's got a it's got a good story and it's got a start and a finish and like a in between but it feels like they zip through it really quickly and and then the other part where it's just like it feels half baked is in the gadgets and the upgrades and things like that like i barely used any of them i unlocked every single upgrade and i unlocked many of the gadgets i would say i used less than half of them right because because so many of them seemed pointless and there were so many of them that i held off on unlocking because i'm like that's useless i'm never going to use that and then after a while i just like well i've got these skill points or i've got these uh uh, this currency i I guess i might as well just fucking unlock this nonsense that i'm never going to use uh the other thing is the side quest so you'd think that with such a short main story you you would be like well at least there's a bunch of side stuff to do and there is a ton of side stuff to do it's 100% useless. It's 100% like just uninspiring. And I've, I've, I'm like, I don't want to do that. There's one, for example, where um, because uh, Miles, they touch on it briefly for about a minute that he like likes making music and he, he likes coming up with samples and shit like that. So in order to kind of build on that, one of the side quests you can go on is going around the city and finding uh, audio samples. And it sucks, dude. You have to stand in this place and then kind of look around until you hear a noise. And then you have to capture that sample. And then that's the end of the mission. It's, it's shit like that where you're like, what? Really? Um, Weird. Yeah. So the side missions are pointless. I blasted through the main game probably in about mm, eight hours. And, uh, and that, that's without doing a ton of side quests. Um, sometimes they make you do side quests because you get done with one main thing and then it says, well, I don't really have anything to do. I guess I should check the app and see if anybody needs some help. And then you do literally one side quest. And then the moment you're done with that, bring, bring, Ganky's calling. It's time for the next main mission. So they kind of force you to do some side quests, but not necessary. And I really couldn't be fucking bothered to do anything more than that. So this game's like a solid B for me, which is weird because the production value is so fucking high, you know, like technical, technically it's a Marvel like this pun intended. No, but it, it is a technological Marvel and it's, it's super high, high production values and big budget game and everything. It just, it feels half baked uh, as far as the actual substance of the game goes. So, but you know, if you've got a PS five, you probably don't have much else to play right now. Or if you're getting a PS five, there's probably not a ton out there other, you know, as far as like next gen games goes, there are right. tons, tons of tons of backwards compatible games that you can just plow through. But if you're looking for just like a really cool showpiece, um, that's the other thing is that the game looks amazing, but at the same time, the original game looked amazing to me as well. So I'm, yeah. I'm like, is this a next gen game? Mm, I guess, you know, um, and, and it's, it's kind of what we talked about with, uh, with the upgrade to Forza Horizon 4 a couple of weeks ago, where I was like, yeah, it looks great, but these games always look great. So it's hard for me to fucking really be like, holy shit, next gen, right? Other than the quality right. of life, the quality of life improvements, like the load times and the pop in and all that shit. So anyway, great game. I had fun. Yeah, no, uh, what you're saying about the load times, <laughs> that, that'll, that alone gets me excited to try it out. But yeah, 
it's it's kind of weird. You like you said, quality of life, load times. Um, otherwise, doesn't feel a whole lot next gen. Kind of. Yeah. It's it's weird. It's weird to be disappointed by a B because a B is generally like oh, I liked it. I enjoyed it. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So it is time for the last question. Er, Margard. All right. So here it is. We're in the next generation and we're talking about next generational leaps and things like that. And right now, all the leaps leaps are more like, like I said, load times, things like that. I'm not really seeing that next gen thing. I mean, when I look at Demon Souls, I'm like, yeah, this is pretty fucking impressive, but it's a remake of an 11 year old game. So I want you to tell me which generation felt like the biggest leap for you when you went from one set of consoles to the next. I can give you two examples, <clears throat> and um, it might be a tie between the two. Right. Sorry, but I think that the eight bit, I think that the eight bit to the sixteen bit era was a massive jump. I don't know if a lot of people would agree though, but I, I think the Genesis and the Super Nintendo and the Turbo Graphics graphics could do so much better than the Atari seventy eight hundred, the NES, and the Master System. Yep. But, but. Um, I would say that that that's a big leap. That's a huge leap because of mode seven and, you know, blast processing and the fucking turbo CD. And I mean, God, that, that generation was that generation was out of this world. And the best you could do in the NES in the eight bit era was like Castlevania three and Batman return of the Joker and, you know, stuff like that. So, okay. But a bigger jump, in my opinion, from one console generation to the next mm -hmm. was the PlayStation and N64 and Saturn you can continue consider Saturn part of that, but that generation, that that sixty four thirty two bit era, to the fucking hey, hey, to the, don't forget the Jaguar, man. Oh well, yeah, and the Jag and the three DO and the CDI. Okay, you're right, you're right. Uh, yeah. That to the to the Dreamcast, the Dreamcast. When I brought that home and turned it on, and we we did this in our in our uh, launch special. But man, when I saw Soul Calibur, I was like. I don't know if they can do graphics better than this, like ever. I don't think anything could ever look better. Yeah. That Sonic NFL 2K, man, what we'd played before in this in the N64 and PlayStation and Saturn era, like looked like dog shit compared to that. And I was like, thank you, God. Finally, 3D 3D games that look gorgeous. But um yeah. That Dreamcast, it made everything else look like crap. And then the PlayStation, GameCube, Xbox, you know, it all was. Right, right, right there. Just was the sky. Sky's the limit. Mm. All right, man. Good answer. Good answer. I like it. That's All what right. I got. All right. Well, that's it for us. Uh, if you want more of our silliness, go to mojomenace.com. You can find all sorts of silliness in the uh, 15 plus year archive. We've also got forums there, mojomenace.com slash forums. Click on the link at the top right of the forum page. You'll get a link to our Discord chat. And there are always people chatting. There are people chatting out there right now. Um, uh, YouTube. YouTube.com slash Mojo Menace. Man, there's some weird shit going on. Did you watch Klaus's uh, crazy uh, Make It Crispy cereal? Fucking video. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, yeah. So anyway, there's all sorts of that stuff out there. Uh, more on its way. And then on all the social media and channels, you can find us at Mojo Menace. Josh, where can they find you? If they would like, uh, our listeners would like to follow the conversation with me and talk more about the Justice League Schneider Cut coming to HBO Max, or perhaps 2020's most highest grossing comic book film, Birds of Prey, 
also on HBO Max, from what I hear. You can always talk to me at underscore Joshua Turbo. Don't forget the underscore, as it is the most important underscore in all of the internet. All right, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.